Hey guys, welcome back to the Father's House Podcast. In this episode, we had Pastor Daryl Allen talk about how to speak to the storms that you're in or even to to not believe the lies or to overcome the lies that you're believing with, with truth and just speaking truth in your life. That was a really good message. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And if you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Before we step into this word, thanks, Andrew. Good job, buddy. You're good. Before we step into this, I just want to ask a question. Anybody come in feeling heavy or tired? Show of hands. Anybody? Okay. Yeah. Heavy, tired, uh, that cold weather, been suffering from headaches, maybe some sinus issues. Anybody? Just checking. Can we take authority over that for just a second? Can we just take a moment and pray? And just take authority over this. So let's just join in prayer. The Bible says if you ask anything in Jesus' name, and that's called the prayer of agreement. It's done by our Father in heaven. So we're going to break this. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we take authority over everything going on in the room. Heaviness, depression, sadness, uh, sinus headaches, congestion issues, sickness. Lord, we just take authority over that. We say by the stripes Jesus Christ bled, that you bled on the cross that we're healed. I pray Psalm 103 that you heal every infirmity, sickness, and disease, that you crown your children with loving kindness. You redeem their life and you renew their strength. Lord, I pray that joy is coming today, that freedom is coming, that peace is coming, and we thank you that this burden of heaviness, this tiredness, Lord, would just lift in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. All right. Awesome. Well, we've done the offering. You know, take them high, take them low, take them an offering, let them go. It's not my, it's not my thing. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so, uh, well, let's just take a second. I'm going to take my time up here. A lot of times I get kind of hyper and I start like getting excited. I might get to that. We'll see. It's an honor to be here and give you the word. Uh, pastor Mike and Maddie taking a little break today. Praise God. Hey, how you guys? How many of you guys know our pastors, our, our uh, leaders need breaks every now and then? It's a good thing. Amen? Amen. Well, you know, this whole, for about three or four weeks, something's been stirring in me. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about storms and thinking about like, uh, tornadoes and all that stuff. I don't know. I'm thinking about st- the storms of life. And um, storms are no fun, right? Who likes storms in the room? Who hates storms? Who likes the rain while they're sleeping? I was going to say, you hate storms, but you'll take that little light rain coming down to the, like you took a warm shower at night and you get in you know, your snuggly wuggly and then you go to sleep. So praise God. But not everybody likes storms. You know, some of those storms, like, I don't know, you get that, like, tornado sound on your phone, and you're, like, running to the bathtub, and you got, like, you're already underneath, like, pillows and mattresses. I don't know if anybody hears that. Who likes hearing that sound? I don't. But it gets your attention, right? Yeah. So uh, when I was a kid, I remember riding with my dad in our uh, Dodge Omni. What is a Dodge Omni? Great question. It's a really small car for a family of four or five. It's not big enough, but yet we somehow stuffed in that car. I remember riding along Parrish Avenue, turning into Highway 56, heading home to the west side. I'm west side through and through. Let's go. I was born on the west side. I will die on the west side, and Ben Withrow's going to finish some rap lyrics for me. So the thing is, but I remember one time when I was a kid, this big storm was coming down. The rain was so hard, I couldn't even see. I couldn't see anything. It was coming down so hard, and yet my dad is still driving that little B Dodge Omni straight through, heading home. I looked to my right over where the old Kroger used to be. Now it's Ollie's. If you grew up on the west side, you know what I'm talking about. If you know where Ollie's is, they got good stuff cheap. No promo there. I just, sorry, I just had to make fun of that thing. But I looked over. <laughs> they got some good stuff cheap. Ollie's send me a check. So anyway, I'm looking off to the right, and I see this giant funnel cloud in the distance. I mean, that's about how I looked. I mean, probably worse. I mean, I was like, hey, 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 Dad, do, 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 do you see that? My dad doesn't say anything. You know, he just keeps driving. I'm like, we're going home. And he takes a right down to the street, which means when you take a right, you get a little closer to that big funnel cloud off of the distance. I thought we were super close to that cloud. 
And I'm like, we're going home to the funnel cloud. We're going home. <laughs> but my dad never said a word. I was scared to death on the inside. See, storms kind of, I remember looking at that funnel cloud, and I'll, I'll build on that later. But it's needless to say, tornadoes, people tend to have a certain, I don't know, no one likes tornadoes, especially in the last 20 years here in Owensboro. But I was scared to death, but my dad didn't say much, you know. See, in the, in, and honestly, I'm just going to be real today. By the way, somebody said to me, Daryl, you should open up more. And I said, I might say too much. <laughs> so, I mean, just get ready. We don't know what's going to happen. I got notes up here, but I don't have to go by them. Everybody's like, no notes. Don't go by those notes. They're just to kind of rein you in in case I get off on a rabbit trail. That never happens. <laughs> but in reality, like in this last, last 21, 2021 to 2022, I got, I got really sick, not this last August, but the August before. And I had a lot of time in bed just kind of hanging out with Jesus and watching the TV. And that lasted very shortly. I hate It's like, hey, I never watch TV. Then I watched enough and I go, I hate this. Um, but the, the, in my mind, I was kind of in a tornado. I was in a storm. A lot of conversations I was having um, were very real. Some things were said to me that kind of hurt me. Some things that were said to me to challenge me. Uh, some things were said to me to make me go, God, what are you even doing? I don't know about you, but if you've been in that position, so have I. And you know what? It's not going to stop. It's going to continue. God, what are you even doing? I remember many nights, I remember being on vacation in Florida. I had just went to Disney World. And that night, when my wife and my daughter are asleep, I'm up and awake, and I'm praying, God, what are you doing? Anxiety setting in, fear setting in. All these questions coming to me. God, what are you doing? I don't understand. Why am I going through this? What, what, what are you doing? Do you even care? God, do you even care? Hmm, some of you, that's a word for somebody. You probably asked that question, God, do you even care? Well, the good news is, he does. See, storms come and overwhelm us, and they, we panic. See, the thing about storms is we think storms cause problems. See, sometimes when a storm comes, you have all that fear, you have all that doubt, you have all those lies you start buying into and entertaining like a tornado in your mind. Are we going to be safe? Are we going to be okay? Are we going to make it through? Is there going to be enough ramen noodles in the cupboard? <sighs> Somebody's out there like, that's all we got. Lord, provide in Jesus' name. So the thing is, storms in our lives don't cause lies and doubts and fear. Storms in our lives expose them. So what happened is when we face a storm, when we come into problems, we come into challenges. I like to call problems challenges, but I'll even still call them problems. But at the end of the day, we're challenged. And it exposes lies, doubts, and fears that were already there. We've just covered them up real well. We live in a culture we can entertain ourselves at any moment. You feel alone? Just grab your phone and hop on. Watch YouTube. You're not alone. You know, we, 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 at any minute, like we just, we just, we comfort and entertain ourselves to death. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for a good TV show, good streaming show. Any recommendations you've got? Still haven't seen Stranger Things. Still haven't finished some, oh, the Parks and Rec. Doesn't, haven't watched that show. Still in season one. Probably never get out of that. I see some people throwing their hands up in the front row. But the thing is, storms expose these lies. And one of the biggest lies we believe is this. One of the biggest lies is that, Jesus, you don't care. Because that's how I felt. Jesus, you don't care. Number one, that's a lie. Number two, it's the root of unbelief and it's the root of fear. Jesus, you don't care. You know, it's funny. I can look back at my life and I can see all these awesome things that Jesus has done. But in the moment of a storm, you can forget all those things. You don't think of those things. A lot of times you got to remind yourself of all the things that Jesus has done. The God the Father loves us and he pulls us out of the muck and out of the dirt and he rescues us so many times. But it's so easy to forget because we've had it good for too long. Doesn't God want it good? Absolutely. He's a good, good father. Duh. But the thing is, I'm about to sing and make a baby cry. So here's the thing. Jesus, you don't care, can sound like God. Do I even matter? Is what I'm doing making a difference? Do I have value? Am I valued? 
Yo, I'm a pastor, right? By the way, that doesn't mean my name's Jesus Christ. Let me just make that clear. It's not the same, by the way. I'm a pastor, but I'm human, just like you. I have struggles. I have fears. I have doubts. The point is not to stay there. Now, the disciples went through this too in Mark 4, 35 and 38. If you've got a physical Bible, crack that, take the wrapper off, and let's go. If not, let's watch the screen. Here we go. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon, a fierce storm came up. If you can make stormy effects out there, go ahead. Wait. I don't hear any storm weather out there. There we go. Come on. I'm hearing water splashing. I'm hearing wind blowing. Somebody's passing gas out there. Don't do that in here. Just making sure you're with me. All right, here we go. It says, waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. He's like, Pastor Daryl, how dare you call me out on that? Look, man. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Jesus is chilling on a cushion, snuggly-wuggly on the boat. He doesn't have a blanket. I noticed it doesn't say that, but he could have. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Don't you care? See, the thing, the storm exposed that the disciples didn't have full trust in Jesus yet. Yet. It exposed it. Jesus, you know what Jesus did before this? He healed people. He cast out demons. Shata. That's for some of y'all Pentecostals out there. He cast out demons. He healed people. He was just talking about the kingdom of God being like the faith, being like a mustard seed. He just talked about that. And they wake him up while he's sleeping. Yo, teacher, Jesus, you going to let us die? Don't you care? See, the disciples saw the storm and not Jesus. See, we think we struggle, but these guys had Jesus in the boat. He was in the boat. He's right there, and he's on a cushion. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do it. I would if I had a pillow. It's like Kevin Hart getting sacked by a quarterback. Take care of him. But Jesus was in the boat with them, and they were still freaking out. Look, man. We got our wives. If you're a lady, you got your husbands. Single people out there, they got family. Not calling out my single people, but he's in the boat with them. And we're freaking out. But they, we would think, oh, it's just easier if I just saw Jesus in the car with me when a funnel cloud's off to the right. Oh, Jesus, if you would just be in my marriage because I'm having trouble and I don't see a way out. Oh, Jesus, if you see the stack of bills sitting uh, right next to the front door when I walk in, if I just saw you with me laying hands on it, writing checks, then I'll be good. But the good news is the disciples cared enough that they wanted to live. They could have just died. They could have just said, you know what? Take me, God. Just take me. But no, they wanted to live. You know, the funny thing is, Jesus said, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. He's going to see you through to the other side. Some of you guys are in situations right now. He's saying, let's get in the boat and let's get to the other side. I'm here to take you to the other side. You're not going to get there yourself. I'm here to walk you along the water to see you to the other side, to see you to the breakthrough. I'm here to help you. I care about you, Jesus says. See, this leads to a question. What lies are you believing? See, when I was a kid, I believed a lie that that was weird. I might be, no, I'm just kidding. My wife used to say, you're weird. She probably still does. (laughs) 
But for years, I thought I was weird. If you were here for the last time I preached here on a Sunday, I talked about how I felt weird uh, getting up to bat in the Little League and my teammates not cheering my name. We lost our house. My dad lost his job. We lost our house. We were poor. We were living in hotels. We were living off cold checks. We were eating macaroni and cheese every night so much. In fact, it took me probably 10, 12 years to be able to eat it again. That's somebody's word. But what lies are you believing? I thought I was weird. I went to Fully Alive, uh, like, like a freedom retreat type deal off in Florida. And this guy said, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit why you think you're weird? I'm like in tears, man. I told you I'd say too much. I was in tears. He says, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit why you think you're weird? And I just sat there and said, Holy Spirit, why do I think I'm weird? It was like instant. He says, you're not of this world. You're not of this world. And I started crying because the Lord spoke to me about my daughter the same thing a year prior at camp. And he says, you're not of this world. You're not weird. You're just different from this world because God's called you to not be like the world. Romans 12, 1 and 2. We don't adopt the patterns of the world. We don't adopt the patterns and the behavior of the world. Some of y'all adopt too many patterns of the way of the world. And the world system is whack. And the thing is, he's called us to live by a kingdom system. By the way, kingdom's bigger than world, by the way. Heads up, seven up. So the thing is, what lies we believe in? I thought I was weird. He says, I'm not of this world. I was like, God, I wish I knew that in middle school. I wish I knew that in middle school. And then the Lord began to deal with me. Pastor Daryl, hey, Daryl. He doesn't call me Pastor Daryl, not very often. He calls me Daryl. Daryl, he just says, son. No, he says, Daryl. By the way, let me just kind of be real with y'all. When God talks to me a lot of times, he says, come here. And he's like, come on, let's play. Let's hang out. Come here. And some of that may not be real to you, but I think the closer you walk with the Lord, you'll see God that way. He's that father saying, come, run to me. Daddy's here. I got you. I got you. And the thing is, when I was in middle school, the Lord began to deal with me. Hey, this is why I've called you. This is why you've been working with young people in the next generation for so long. I'm coming up on two decades of ministry in the next two years. Now, thank you, but that's not why I said that, but thank you. But it's like, after you do it for a while, you start believing a lie. Am I too old? Am I too old for this? Does anybody even care? Is what I'm doing even matter? Is anybody even listening? Does anybody even really want a mentor? See, I'm a pastor, but I'm also a coach, right? See, I like to develop people. You know, I always talk about you can't get better on the bench. By the way, if you call yourself Christian and follower of Jesus, you're not going to get better on the bench. It's not going to get better if you keep sitting down, hoping it gets better like that terrible streaming show you're watching. It ain't getting better. Get up. Get off the bench. Get in the game. But the Lord reminded me why I'm still here, why I'm at this house, why I'm still doing what I'm doing. Why do I share this with you? Because I'm real. I'm real to you. I'm not going to get up here and fake it till I make it. That's bull crap. I hate that phrase. I said bull crap. Forgive me. But if that offends you. So the thing is, so, Pastor Mike said, be myself. We'll see what happens. So, I promise I got a word here. <laughs> so, here we go. Okay, so, so the Lord reminded me, Daryl, I've still called you here. You know, I'll get to more of that in a minute. In my marriage, in my marriage, I've been married a while now, 15 years. Been together 17, I think. Dude, it was rough there for a while. And when I say that, I don't say that jokingly. I love, I love my wife, but there was a time where I thought it was never, the, the devil had me buy into a lie. You know that tornado and that storm I'm talking about? I bought into a lie that it's not going to get any better. There's no hope. The devil convinced me there's no hope in my marriage. No hope. Some of you in the room are married, and you've thought that, and you felt that. Let me just go ahead and tell you, that's a lie. And if you're married in here and you never had a fight, give it time. <laughs> give it time, all married folks said. Shoot, yeah. 
But I bought into a lie. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and life to the full. The devil, if he can't kill you and destroy you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest, I love my wife. There was a time I was like, man, I just, I don't see this getting any better. I just don't. And that was my fault because I bought into that lie for a long time. But now, because I've exposed these lies, I would say I love my wife more now than when we first met. It ain't perfect, but I love my wife now more than when I first met her. So, hey, if you're married in the room and you're struggling, you need to have the Holy Spirit lead your marriage. Two imperfect people can't lead a marriage. You know, it says two people become one flesh. It ain't about you anymore, dog. So the thing is, you got to let the perfect Holy Spirit lead your marriage or it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I heard a pastor say this once, and I say this to married people. If you're not prepared to live a life of forgiveness, don't get married. If you're not prepared to live a life of forgiveness, don't get married. You're like, Pastor Darrell, I'm really not ready for that. Well, maybe it's not your time. Bro, sister from another mister, give it time. So here's the thing. Here's something that really came to me during prayer before I move on. I promise I have a point. I'm making sure I'm not going over or whatever. Okay, as I was praying, I felt like a word for men in the house. Now, I, I just in general, like the Lord was just talking to me that men believe lies and that men want easy over challenging. Like men, we're afraid we aren't good enough. We're not man enough. And some of y'all might be super proud and go, I am. I can already tell you, if you got to be saying that, I'm not so sure. You don't have to prove anything. You have zero to prove. It says we aren't man enough. So it's easier to just quit, feed on entertainment, and just check out. It's easier to feed on a hobby than to go home and work it out with your spouse. It's easier to go doing something else and never be home instead of dealing with the problems you have with your kids. Men, you have a call. You have a mission. You have an assignment. You're the head of your family. You're the head of that home. And you can't be lazy. See, it's easy to veg out in front of the, the computer screen, the phone screen, the TV screen. It's easy to veg out and let it do all the work and the thinking. Sometimes you just got to go, you know what? Click, click click and it's time to get to business because your world you're probably living in a hell you're trying to avoid you're in a storm and you've got to get you know Jesus Jesus sometimes will allow us to take or take us into a storm because we have to deal with it we can't just pretend it away we can't just ignore it away as much as we want to we, you know, I'm just telling you, life is so convenient. I can throw a, a, a pizza in the oven, heat it up. Man, by the way, 10 to 12 minutes is too long for some of us. We'll throw it in the microwave. We don't care if it's chewy. <laughs> I'm just saying, I ain't waiting that long. <laughs> but the thing is, y'all, you know, I mean, like, like, we like coffee. I don't want to make coffee. I'm going to Starbucks. And then you still got to wait, but it's just not the same, right? But the thing is, right, like men, I just really, there's men, like I just see men in the church for years. Men are bored in the church. It ain't about your entertainment. It ain't about you being entertained. You have a mission. You have purpose. You have an assignment. It's to literally raise the dead, to heal the sick, and set people free. That's your call. That's a word for some people in the room. I'm telling you, I, I don't want to deliver it, but I will. I love you, by the way, when I say this. This is not saying, man, he's saying some stuff I don't like. Hey, 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 hey. I got jokes. Take it up with him. Take it up with him. Okay? Pastor, okay, so moving on. Try to get forward. I feel like the Lord told me to tell some lies that I've been believing. I'm being transparent before you. Okay? So in the present, am I valued? Am I needed anymore? Am I good enough? Once again, is anyone listening? Will this message have enough scriptures? You, and then there's some lies I believe you can't let them go. They need you. Some people you need to cut off. 
Some people are taking more away from you than giving to you. You need to cut them off. Doesn't mean you don't love them and say, hey, from real far, but you got to cut them off and say, you know what? You're stealing from me. You're taking my joy. You're taking my peace. You're taking everything, and I'm just got to back off. I got some other notes here. I'm going to hold tight on those. So how can we know we're being lied to? All the fears and the doubts, how can we know that's what we're, being, we're dealing with? It's because when you hear the truth, when you're in the presence of God, there's freedom and you're set free. John 8 just simply says uh, that the Son sets people free. See, lies shackle us and manipulate us, but the truth always sets us free. The Holy Spirit breaks through all of this crap and speaks truth to us. I said crap again, sorry. The Holy Spirit speaks truth. Jesus is always speaking truth. He's about to speak truth to the disciples in this story. Jesus is always speaking truth. The disciples believed a lie. Don't you care? Are you going to let us drown and die? Here's what happens. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this bro? They asked him. Even the wind and waves obey him. Who is this dude, right? Go back for a second. It may be a lot. I don't know. By the way, our media team's awesome. They're like rebooting programs. And like, if you wonder why the lyrics aren't up there, it's because we're rebooting and fixing stuff that aren't working. So you're like, man, what are they doing back there? They're working. Says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? He didn't go, do you still have faith, you morons? He didn't say that. You idiots. Why are you afraid? Stupid. Pow. He didn't do that. That's not how Jesus talks. But if you look, he had just talked to them about having faith. Right? What's the lie? The lie is that he doesn't care. What's the truth? He says the truth is, he silences the storm, and the truth is, why do you have little to no faith? See, Jesus sometimes will ask us questions and call, call us out on the truth because we've been believing lies so long. I mean, I bought into the lie that there was no hope in my marriage years ago. None. But you know what the Lord did? And this is for you married folks in the room. The Lord told me, he says, you need, to ask, you need to basically pray for your wife and ask yourself to see her the way I do. Mm. I'm going to come over on this side. You got to start praying for your spouse to see them the way God does. You think they're ugly. You ain't seeing right, bro. You think they're stupid. Well, no, they're not. God says they're not. <laughs> now, that's some of the wives talking to the husbands. Let me just tell you, ladies, you, the Bible says you must see to it and honor and respect your husband. It says you got to see to it, which means you don't want to. Hmm. I don't want to. See to it. He's dying to himself for you because that's what Jesus Christ did for the church. He's dying for you. Every day. <laughs> it's not like that, but it can feel like that sometimes, can it? Come on, guys. It's okay to laugh. Y'all know? I ain't playing. So Jesus always speaks truth. He calls him out. Yo, why are you so afraid? You got little faith. Why do you have such little faith? He could have said, man, Good job, guys. You did great. Keep trying. He didn't do that. By the way, if you're a coach and you call out some of that junk, it's okay to do that for a season. But after a while, you got to go, all right, look, you can't shoot. But, man, you can get some boards. You can get those rebounds. Let's put you on the defense and get you away from the ball and shooting it because you ain't got a chance, but you got to practice. Okay, what's the lie? Jesus doesn't care. What's the truth? Jesus does care, silence the storm, and he basically calls them out on the, the truth. Jesus revealed to us that there is rest in the storm. Jesus reveals to us that there is rest in the storm. He's the Prince of Peace who brings peace to every storm. Have you ever wondered why Jesus was sleeping? He's just chilling in the back of the boat. The other guys got the con. They're in control, God in that boat. 
Notice they didn't wake him up at the moment of the first wind and wave. Jesus is just taking a nap. Some of y'all are looking forward to one after this. You're going to get there. <sighs> Do you ever wonder why Jesus was asleep? It's because he trusted them. Maybe Jesus had more faith in them than they did in them. Ooh. A lot of times Jesus is calling out gold in us that we're not ready to receive. Jesus is calling out, oh man, you're a leader. By the way, the leader is not the oldest person in the room. No offense to you. I'm not saying you can't be one. It's not what I said. But the leader is the one who cares the most. But Jesus is calling out gold out of all of us. And some of us are ready for it and some of us are not. But he's literally, he already sees it. And he's calling it out. He trusts them. I'm going to tell you right now. When my wife is driving, I'm... I'm sleeping over in the passenger side. Well, that's not very manly of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. But I'm at peace with my wife at the wheel. Look, guess what? I ain't got nothing to prove. She loves driving. Go ahead, baby. I'm just going to be chilling over here in the passenger seat. Guess what? And then when I'm in the driver's seat, she's like, now wait, hang on. What, hey, are you awake? Hey, hey, are you awake? You fall asleep at the wheel one time and you can't live it down. <laughs> hey, you awake? She's got this snapping power. like. <laughs> so the thing is, if I didn't trust my wife, I wouldn't go to sleep. It's a word for somebody. Some of y'all stand up all night, stressing out, worrying. How are we going to make it work? How are we going to pay that bill? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Just go to sleep. God? Go to sleep. Some of y'all need to take a nap. You need to take a long nap. But there's work to be done. Okay, go to sleep, give it to God, rest on it, get back up, and get right to it. Okay? Some of y'all need to take a nice nap today. I'm being for real. You guys think I'm joking, maybe a little bit. But I'm being for real. You need to take a nap once you rest. Stop worrying about it so much. I'm going to tell you right now, I've had like a, a, a messed up something in my left shoulder since June. And I find myself doing this. I look like a hunchback. I'm like, I'll be talking to somebody and I'll like catch it. And I'm like, relax. You know? And I've been having pain for five months, man. I'm doing stretches every day, doing all this. I'm actually finally starting to get better, praise God. And it's because I'm not tensing up so much. I'm resting in the Lord. So Jesus, so that's why Jesus is sleeping because he may, could it be that he's trying to empower them to live boldly? Could it be that he trusts them? Could it be that he's stretching their faith? Yes, 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 yes. Jesus is not worried about the boat. He's not worried about the storm, but he brings peace to every situation. He's not worried about it. He's sleeping. He's chilling on that pillow. But the thing is, Jesus does have peace and authority, and he gave it to the disciples, and he gives it to you and me today. Like He-Man said, I have the power. You don't know who He-Man is? Check it out. Clay, Clay knows who that is. I know he does. Some of us expect Jesus to do everything. Why? We expect him to do everything. But see, Jesus models it for us. Jesus shows us that we must speak to the storm and not speak about it. Some of y'all complaining and gossiping, everything you're upset about. Mm -hmm. You're talking about all that. By the way, if you guys do that, I'm not making fun of you. It's just something that came out. I couldn't stop it. But some of y'all are like, some of you guys are like, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling the facts. Maybe. Maybe I'm not so convinced with some people. But some people are so busy complaining, gossiping. Okay, some of us think like there are things that we think are normal that are lies. The mullet is not normal. <laughs> now, you might have a mullet in the room, and I'm not picking on anybody over there. He rocks that mullet well, by the way. But I'm just saying, the mullet was normal. 
By the way, skinny jeans, I remember when skinny jeans were normal. No, 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 let me phrase, guys were wearing girl jeans. That was normal. Normal. Some of y'all can go way back deep, 60s, 70s, maybe further back, I'm not calling you out. But there's things that look normal then that don't look normal today. Or normal, that's why they can't be called normal. It's just cultural. But the thing is, a lot of you guys are believing things are normal. Fear is normal. Depression's normal. Well, I'm just always going to have this. Or the thing you're struggling with, I'm always going to have this. That's not true. God has called us to live a life not in fear, not in doubt. He's, we're not called to live that life. Did he say we won't deal with that? No, he says we will. And that's why Jesus is asleep on the boat, and then he shows them how to speak to the storm instead of talking about it all the time. you got to talk to it. Jesus says, you have authority, right? Mark 11, 23 through 25, I'm trying to go. Jesus replied to them, have faith in God or have the faith of God. Some translations say, have the faith of God. Right? Or let the faith of God be in you. Truly, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, everything you pray and you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. There's power in your mouth. There's power in your mouth. You gotta stop talking about it, and you gotta start speaking to it. You know what? My marriage sucks. You got to start saying, my marriage is good. I love my wife. I love, you got to start, ladies, you got to start calling out, stop calling out the mistakes of what your husband's doing wrong. He doesn't take out the trash. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. You need to say, my husband's a godly man. He loves Jesus. He's sold out for the kingdom of God. He loves me. He loves the children. He literally sacrifices for us. You need to start calling out the gold of your spouse. Some of you guys need to do that with your brothers or sisters. Yeah, they're stupid. Yeah, they say dumb stuff. Yeah, they say hurtful things. But you love your siblings. My brothers, love them to death, but I have to draw a line. And they, if you listen to this, I will, they already know. Jesus is saying you got to speak to the storm instead of talking, speaking about it. We love to complain about stuff. That's why social media profits so well. Let's just complain about everything and not really solve anything. What about the DMs, Pastor Darrell? It still goes on there too. <laughs> but the thing is, we'll start speaking to the storm, speaking to the problem, speaking to the lie, speaking to the doubt, speaking to the fear. You'll start to see that peace will begin to enter the situation. Peace will enter. See, Jesus promises to protect our minds and hearts with peace which surpasses all understanding when we pray about everything. Jesus promises to give peace to our heart and our mind when we begin to pray about everything. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Slow down. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. If you're not living in Christ Jesus, there's no peace. By the way, my grammar, I don't know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a college-educated guy. I'm not throwing that around, but like, if I'm not using proper grammar, let it go. I don't know why I'm saying that, but that might bother some of you. I don't know. So it says, you'll experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. It surpasses our human understanding. Jesus Christ, his peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you don't have peace, could it be that you're not, one, speak to the storm. Two, you gotta start praying about it to God. And then he, in return, in exchange, see, God's a God of exchange. Some of y'all praying for a million dollars. It ain't gonna come out of thin air because it's made by man. But God is my source. He's the one that supplies and provides everything I need. As Pastor Chris said, meat and potatoes. And the thing is, if it was made by God, it would poof out of the sky and I got no, I have zero worries. I have zero worries. But you've got to pray about everything to him, and he'll give you peace. Pastor Darrell, I just got diagnosed with cancer. I'm not pretending 
This isn't that blab it, grab it, name it, claim it stuff. I either stand on the word of God or I stand on positivity. I stand on the word of God. And by the way, the word of God is positive, but not that positivity, candy, cotton candy, fluff, motivation Monday, junkola. I'm standing on the real thing, dog. Here's the thing. It says, this peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You want peace to guard your heart and mind? You've got to start praying to God about everything. You've got to start reading the word of God. Pastor Duro, I don't like reading. If you have sold, if you have trusted your life to Jesus and you're sold out for him and you really realize how much he did on the cross when all that blood was shed and there was none left in his body and then he basically said it's finished and then he rises from the dead, how could I not read the Bible because he loves me so much? How could I not? This word is inexhaustible. It's all he's always talking. What you need is in this book. It's not on Snapchat. It's not on TikTok. Although there are some nice videos on TikTok and Snapchat that talk about Jesus. But I'm saying until you get in this word and you start to transform your mind and you start to see what God says about you and you start to know what he says about you, that you're a son and your daughter, that he loved you. He gave everything for you. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It literally says in Hebrews 12 too that the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You are that joy. I'm going to quote Pastor Mike. I'm preaching better than your amen. And if I'm not, hopefully the Holy Spirit's taking you on a fantastic voyage in your mind, taking you through the scriptures. Here's the deal. Jesus can't fix it until you fix your eyes on him. He can't fix it, whatever it is. He can't fix it until you fix your eyes on him. I just quoted Hebrews 12 too. It says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes or fixing our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Jesus can't fix it until you fix your eyes on him. You can try it your way. I'm going to tell you what, I tried it my way. I tried to live righteous and holy without Jesus. Let me just go ahead and tell you, it's impossible. I lived a very moral life for many, many years. I was still restless. I had a good paying job. I had a good car. And I had an okay girl at the time. I was in college. I had everything going for me, and I still was miserable. Jesus says, I've come to give you peace to that miserableness. Jesus says, I've come to give you peace from that restlessness. I've come to give you peace to that storm. You can't do it in your own strength. Give it to me. Jesus says, hand it over. Give it. Don't be so prideful. I'm going to man up. I'm going to knuckle down, man up, do all that other stuff. Sometimes it gets to a point where you've got to take your pride and just kill that stuff. Trisha, am I getting too crazy? Just making sure. Anyway, worship team, come on up. So what, Pastor Darrell? It says here in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent, most excellent, and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Jesus is with you through the storm. He has not abandoned you. He is with you. He trusts you. And when he needs to step in, he will. But you've got to invite him in first. And then you got to start speaking to the storm. You got to start praying to the storm. And you got to start, and then it says, then, not only does the peace guard your hearts and your minds, but it says, the God of, the God of peace will be with you. And I love how he says, keep putting into practice. Guys, salvation is not some one and done. Okay, I'm good. I'm going to heaven. Now what? I'm going to go to the, the casino? I, I mean, I don't, I'm just saying, like, like salvation, like we're running a race, guys. We're building on what the apostle Paul did. Can I just tell you what an honor it is? Just think about it. Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 12 talks about we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Just think about it. We get to build on what Jesus did, greater things we're going to do. I'm not even focused on that. The apostle Paul, I get to build on what he did. Peter, what he did. 
I get to build on that? And then one day I'm going to die, and the people I've raised up, or my, my daughter, uh, my spiritual children, uh, we're going to raise people up, and they're going to take over. They're going to build on top of that, and on top of that, and on top of that. This kingdom never stops. Prayer team, come down. I'm going to ask you guys to stand to your feet for a moment. Pastor Darrell, where are you going with this? See, my dad was driving us through that storm. But notice, I never freaked out. I mean, I was freaking out on the inside. But I was in my dad's car, and he was driving the car through the storm. To the storm. I don't know if you're in the room today, and you're believing lies, doubts. You have a lot of fear. What's going to happen? Some of you guys are worried about gas prices. Some of you guys are worried about uh, trying to get a job. Some of you guys are worried about, is your marriage going to survive? Some of you guys have sick loved ones, and you're wondering, what's going to happen? Jesus is saying, come to me. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you peace. If you invite me in, I'll calm the storm. And when the storm tries to come back, you're going to have to start speaking to it. You're going to have to start praying about it. You're going to stop talking about it and gossiping about it, and you're actually going to do something about it. Because I, he says, I've given you the authority and the power to overcome every attack of the enemy, everything the devil throws our way. Don't sit back and recline back and just hope for the best. It's time to say enough is enough. Jesus says this is your invitation. It's like something has to change. Something has to change. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you'll just put it in my hands, just put the keys in my hands, I'm going to drive. We'll, hey, we'll go into the storm together, and we're going to come out the other side. We're going to see the other side. Your breakthrough is right over there. If you'll just let me have the keys and just sit right here with me, we're going to go straight through it. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you joy. Everything that you've lost, I'm going to give it back. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room today and you say, Pastor Daryl, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. I know something has to change. I'm running from Jesus and I've been running for a long time, but something's got to change. I can't keep doing this the way, I can't keep living this way. Whew. Can't keep doing this. I can't keep buying into these lies. I can't, it's not working and I'm done. If that's you, if that's you. I just want you to lift your hand up high where I can see it. If that's you, anybody in the room? One, two, three, four, hallelujah. Five, six, seven. Oh, praise God. <laughs> this is your moment. You can put your hands down. Anybody else in the room? Anybody else? Hallelujah. God's good. If what I've said speaks to you in any way, I want you to come up front. If you raised your hand, I want you to come up right now, and one of these prayer team members is going to lead you into salvation. So if you'll just come, or maybe you just say, hey, Pastor Darrell, I need prayer. I need a breakthrough. Come. The altar's open. Amen. Give them a hand clap. Encourage them. Come on, Jesus. He's so good. He's so good. Don't let pride keep you in that seat. Don't let anything keep you there. Many years ago, I remember I found myself walking down a church aisle, and I don't know how I got there, but I knew enough was enough. I'll get you guys in just a minute. As they're being prayed for, just the invitation continues. If that's anybody in the room. I'll be right there. Say enough's enough. <laughs> some of you guys are believing God to touch your family. Like there's some stuff going on and I'm just praying. Hmm. The Lord says he's just in the midst of it. 
Everything you're praying, everything you're doing, just continue to trust him. He will see you through to the other side. Anybody else, you're welcome to come. The rest of us, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that the storm is not too big for you. And Lord, that you bring peace to every storm. You bring rest. Lord, there are so many people in the room that are tired and weary. You bring rest to the storms in their lives. You bring rest to the fear, rest to the lies, rest to the doubts. Jesus, you're the truth, and the truth sets everyone free in the room today. Every lie, every fear, and every doubt, you are breaking by the power of the Holy Spirit. Freedom, identity and freedom, sons and daughters. Some of you might be in the room and you're like, man, I'm too far gone. You are never too far gone, ever. Jesus loves you and he welcomes you and he's not ready to, she doesn't want to shame you. If you were shamed by your family, that's not God. There is no shame in Jesus Christ. No condemnation. God's perfect love casts out all fear. Lord, bless everyone today. Continue to minister to them. Holy Spirit, fill in any gaps along the way. Fill in any gaps, anything I've missed. Lord, I pray, Lord, that people walk out here having their joy and their peace and their freedom restored in Jesus Christ. They are sons and daughters, Lord, not stepchildren. You have not forgotten them. They are not abandoned. There are no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. You are not second-class, the Lord says. Ha, you're first-class. The Lord says you're first-class. I don't know who that's for. He says you're not second-class. You're first-class. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Bless everybody as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we love you guys. We'll see you Saturday for Thanksgiving Meals on Wheels. Be blessed. You are dismissed.